Here we go again with another episode of the Babysitter's Book Club. And this time it's episode 12. It's Claudia and the Healthy Outside Interest. And it's an episode, an episode, it's a chapter in the Babysitter's Club series that I particularly liked. I thought this was fantastic, not to spoil my opinion. But before I get into what I have to say, let me go ahead and introduce my very special guest tonight. Tonight, we're recording this a little bit later than we usually do, uh, which is exciting. Sort of a Babysitter's Club after, Babysitter's Book Club after dark. But I am joined here by the incomparable Charlie Diamond. Charles, how are you? Hey, man, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for using my alias. I appreciate that. Yeah, what is your alias? Well, I mean, you picked a pretty cool last name, so. Okay. Great. Um, uh, so, uh, 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 Charlie, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, man. I wasn't sure what to expect with this book. I've never read Babysitter's Club before, but, you know, I just try to approach it with an open mind. Well, that's all we can ask. And, be, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we get into that, the majority of people that I have on this podcast are either related to me in some way or else they are graduate students at the University of California, Santa Barbara at Film and Media Studies. Is there anything that you want to say about yourself to introduce yourself to the folks that are listening at home? Mm, not really. I feel like all the listeners need to know is that, you know, we were friends in grad school. Mm -hmm. We developed sort of like this beautiful symbiotic relationship where I kept you around. So I had someone to emotionally and verbally abuse. Okay. And you had someone that you could keep around that you could beat at chess without fail and humiliate while watching Jeopardy with your superior knowledge of just about everything. Yeah, I think I was like all prepared to jump in, but I think you summed it up pretty well. That is true. We, you were also a graduate student at UCSB. And what do you do now, Charles? That's not important, man. <laughs> not important. I'm a consultant because that, you know, reveals a lot. Well, about what I actually do. You were. And that's all the listeners need to know. You were an academic graduate student in an actual field, not a humanities-based field. You were environmental science. Is that what they call it over there in the Bren School? Uh, yeah, it's like environmental studies, something equally useful as film and media. But that, but no, not really, because then you got a real job in Los Angeles. You're contracted with the state there are people that pay you money for your expertise in a way that they don't for us. I get paid to teach undergraduate students. So I guess they're paying for your expertise, right? I want to put paid and teach both in uh, uh, quotation marks. Charlie, you should hear about this undergrad that is really trying to put me through the ringer. I'll, I'll, I'm going to hold that for the end of the podcast. I'll tell you off air. But yes, yeah, so you sort of jumped ahead a little bit, but you read... Um, book 12, Claudia and the Healthy Outside Interest. Had you ever read any Babysitter's Club before or did you have any sort of interaction with the Babysitter's Club before I asked you to read this book? I'd never read it. My older sister, who was also, no, she was not born in the 90s. She was born in the late 80s. She had a weird obsession with the Babysitter's Club, but not until she got into like high school, which is kind of weird. So... I was aware of it just because she literally bought, I think, the first 100 books on eBay and was always looking for the one title she never had or something. And I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, you should probably have outgrown this by now. But hey, 
whatever. So because she um, was in high school at the time that you felt that was strange. Yeah, isn't this for like sixth graders? Well, I think it's for people of a variety of ages, as I as this podcast proves. Okay, well, what was Schoolastic aiming for? Schoolastic. They were definitely aiming for elementary and middle school was their target audience. So I was right. Yes. Okay. okay. Hold on. One point for Charlie. Let me go ahead and mark that in the book that I'm keeping. And uh, your sister, uh, what's her, uh, remind me your her name? Her name is Lily. Lily. She's going to be on the podcast. I'm giving actual names. I should give her an alias too, like you did for me. I don't... Uh, I don't understand why you or her need an alias. I would love to have Lily on the podcast. And she said she's interested. Is that right? I think she's interested. She'll be a better guest than I am. Yeah, well, that's a a low bar that you're setting. Um, Well, so Charlie, what did you think? What were the broad strokes in this book that you read, which was your first experience with the Babysitter's Club? Well, recently I had read... Snow Falling on Cedars. Are you familiar with that book? I have heard the name. Isn't it like a pretty famous, like classic literary text that we teach? I thought you're smart and educated, man. No, I'm just kidding. It was like, I don't know. It's probably at least 20 or 30 years old or something. But it's also this beautiful story about courage and perseverance and the Japanese-American story in this country as envisioned by a white author so i feel like claudia and the new girl was like perfect complement to that yeah sort of like a double feature if you're gonna read both of them um so you liked this book you liked claudia and the new girl uh well okay if i'm gonna be honest please as soon as you, as soon as you assigned the, the the book to me i saw that there's the new netflix show that just got released and yes. of course of course like all the episodes that have been released go up to book number 10, I think. And you assigned me book number 12. Like literally almost every guest before me could have just copped out and watched the freaking show. But I actually had to power through and read it, which I, I appreciate you postponing the recording of this podcast to give me sufficient time to get through it. Because it was denser than I expected. I'll say that. Yes. Denser than you expected. This... <laughs> this 150 page children's chapters book i can appreciate that um have you watched the netflix series charlie i watched a few episodes with uh my older sister lily she's an enthusiast and i just don't really get it because the netflix show is modern like 2020 set in 2020 and so their whole business model like basically breaks down if you think about them being able to just use the internet to book babysitting gigs. Sure. It's just completely implausible. I talked about this a lot with uh, Joe Hong uh, a couple episodes ago. We talked about could the Babysitter's Club model function in 2020? And we had a little bit of a debate about it. Charlie, I have not watched any of the Netflix series purposefully. I sort of want to keep myself clean from that and revisit it at a later date. Well, I'm happy to recycle content, so you're welcome. Great, great. Okay, so I feel like you still haven't, I've asked the question like three different ways and you still haven't answered it. Did you enjoy 
this book, Claudia and the New Girl, it was it a thumbs up or a thumbs down for you? I'll give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay. What did you like about it? So I actually did read a little bit more about Ann R. Martin after okay. I finished the book. What, what's what's her name? What's her name? Ann R. Martin. Ann R. Whatever, man. You you get the idea. Okay. Uh, all right. Keep going. And I read that one of her main goals was to portray authentic female characters and tell believable stories. And, you know, I felt like she stayed true to that here. It was believable. There was the outcome at the end. I know we'll get there, but I was like, yeah, I can see that playing out. There's no some ridiculous, unrealistic resolution or anything. And that meant a lot to me. Help me get through it. So... I, I will ask for the fourth time, Charlie. Senator, you've been directed to answer the question. Did you enjoy the book? No, I just read it for this podcast. <laughs> okay, so you did not particularly appreciate it for what it was on its own. Maybe if I had read it when I was in sixth grade, which we both agreed upon was Scholastics target age demographic i think i would have enjoyed it and i definitely didn't like dislike it it wasn't a chore or anything yeah so i guess we should (laughs) thank you for your honesty i guess we should dive a little bit into um the actual content of the plot here and it's it's really my fault because i well first of all i meant to start with uh charlie i'm miss esmeralda and i run a beauty salon that was going to be my opening. No, I can see by your face you don't get that one. What about I am an artist and my craft is my calling? That was my favorite uh, quote of the whole book. That was Ashley. Yes, Ashley Wyeth. Is that how you say it? Wyeth? Sure. Well, clearly I can't pronounce Scholastic, so I don't know why you're asking me to <laughs> yeah. pronounce her last name. You're the wrong person to ask. But this is a book where Claudia, we introduce this new element into Stony Brook, into Stony Brook Middle, Ashley Wyeth, I think is how you say it. And she is super into art, just like Claudia. And she comes in and she has all these ideas and she's a very strong personality. She's a very independent young woman. And Claudia is drawn to this young woman. And I really appreciated the tension this created because I found it, for myself to be very relatable when you are a young person and you meet someone, you know, young person, and I mean through like your 20s, you know, hell, even through whatever age we are now, you meet this person that has the interests that you have. It can be intoxicating where this person comes in and um, like grants you all these new ideas and these new feelings and emotions. Um, and I liked that that Ashley provided these new dimensions to what Claudia was doing as a 13-year-old in the Babysitter's Club. Yeah, I kind of disagree. I honestly think Ashley and Claudia merely share one common interest. And I think you're being very generous 
by describing their relationship or connection in that manner, if I'm going to be honest. Okay, that that's fair. You don't feel like when you, I, I ask you to put yourself in the shoes of a 13-year-old, where when you were 13, where there was a person who enjoyed soccer or losing at chess, I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of what your other interests are, guitar, right? And this person comes in and like is just sort of like i i don't even know how to describe it like this godly figure that they are knowledgeable about this thing and they sort of like inspire you 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 never had that feeling well, i was a very close-minded kid and i never let anyone into my life like that so i personally can't relate to that type of experience but i'll say i don't know if claudia sees ashley as like godlike but more just sort of interesting and, and different. Yeah, well, we can certainly, I guess, get into the specifics here. The thing that I thought was extremely interesting, well, maybe maybe I we should back up. Maybe we should go a little bit point by point because where we're going to end up is sort of like the culmination of this entire story. Um, so maybe let's just go a little bit um, in order and then we'll see, we'll see where we end up. Uh, Claudia's hanging out. She is in her uh, English class, I guess. There's a fly flying around that's happening in the first chapter. Um, and the teacher is going to give them a spell check. I brought this up previously. When was the last time you remember taking a spelling test, Charlie? Because I don't think it happens in middle school. Definitely elementary school. I think by middle school, yeah. if there was anything, it would have been like a, I don't know, more like a, grammar test where you got it am i making this up are you making what up where it's not just like a word it's like it's more extensive than that yeah like just spelling the word is a really weird thing to do in seventh seventh or eighth grade whatever they're in um i think it's eighth grade uh yeah and we we talked about this before like and later in the book she's like studying for it like what that's a that's an elementary school thing you take a spelling test yeah, it was kind of weird. Didn't yeah. really. Super I, weird. Kids in the late 80s were pretty stupid. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. So Ashley shows up. Uh, Claudia has watched Woodstock, the documentary on television, which is a wild documentary, by the way. It's like three hours long. and It's very boring. My mom, who was on a previous episode, turned it off. She didn't like it. Um, and so that's where Ashley comes in. And Ashley really impresses the teacher. She has read all of the Newbery Award winners, and she is a sculptress. How many of the Newbery Award winners have you read? Can't answer that question. I'm not really sure. Hmm. I was more of a Caldecott medal type of guy, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> That's very funny, Chad. Uh, so I have an outfit I'd like to describe to you. Uh, we always like to stop down on the outfits here on the Babysitter's Book Club. Um, will you humor me? So this is on page six. If you want to get your own copy of the book out, if our listeners following along. Um, this girl, this Ashford or whatever her name was. So Claudia can't even be bothered to learn her name. She looked like a hippie. She was wearing a very pretty pink flowered skirt that was full. And so long it touched the tops of her shoes, which I soon realized were not shoes, but sort of hiking boots. 
her blouse, loose and lacy, was embroidered with pink flowers, and both of her wrists were loaded with silver bangle bracelets. Her hair, almost as long as my friend Dawn's, was dirty blonde, pulled into a fat braid, uh, which, I might add, was not held in place with a rubber band or anything, just sort of trailed to an end. The amazing thing was that because her hair was pulled back, you could see her ears, she had, and this is italicized for effect, three pierced earrings in each ear. They were silver and dangly, but none matched. What do you think about this outfit, Charlie? And I know neither one of us uh, ever dressed as a female in the late 80s, but what do you think of this outfit? I did really try to make an effort to think, what does a 13-year-old girl in the 80s, like, what's her standard, her norms? Sure. What to wear, what not to wear. And yeah. That didn't really help. It didn't really give me an idea of what to expect at all. The only thing I thought was kind of weird was the hiking boots. And I can like see that kind of making her stand out and look sort of goofy compared to everyone else. Yeah. It's my own take. You're a big hiker. You're uh do you have hiking boots? Nah, they they broke. Oh. Souls came off. I need to buy new ones. So you lost your soul. Otherwise, I would have I would wear them out in public like Ashley because she's given me newfound confidence to not care what other people care about fashion. Yes. So Ashley shows up. She is the titular new girl. And uh, she has all these ideas about the Newberry Award winners. You're a, a Caldecott guy. So I won't. Uh, I won't. Oh, she does. Uh, they talk about. Western game and the mix-up files in the first few pages. I appreciate that. I like those books. They're pretty have, good. Have you read both of those? Like in elementary school. Okay. I don't think I've read either one of those, honestly. And you're lecturing me about liking the Caldecott medal? I was busy reading The Babysitter's Club. Yeah, which never won a Newberry. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess not. Um... Yes. So Ashley really blows Claudia's mind where she is like, uh, like, how good is this teacher? What, what's her qualifications? And I thought that was uh, very interesting. You're talking about our class, right? What do you mean by our class? Are we still in her English class? Like the first, the very first seed? Uh, well, I, I had moved on, but we can rewind if you no, want no, to go no, back no. to I was just clarifying. I was clarifying. I'm, well, I'm she, with you. In I'm general, she asks about, I believe, um, and this is in the mid-20s, that she asks about um, Mrs. Bear, the sculptor, sculptor teacher, sculpting teacher. I don't know the correct nomenclature, but she says, like, uh, is she good? What are her qualifications? Claudia's like, what? What? I never... I never thought about qualifications, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, which I think is honestly, like, a very good idea to introduce to a young person how qualified is the person that's teaching you yeah did you I, ever I take she, she definitely makes a strong impression during that first art class and it's almost like she's acting more as an adult as a child of her age and she's gone to this fancy art school in chicago so right, the keys institute i believe Claudia's is impressionable i get it yeah. Did you take a lot of uh, lessons when you were younger or did you break too many things like Jackie Radowski? 
No, I don't identify strongly with Jackie Radowski. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're yeah, you're uh you're a straightforward kind of guy. What kind of lessons did you take, Charlie? Uh music lessons. That's pretty much it. I, so you, so you play the guitar, right? Yeah. Yeah. How were the, how was that? How were the lessons? Were they Clearly it wasn't as exciting as going to a sculpture class where you get to compare yourself to everyone else and probably talk smack about the the bad students though. I guess not. I guess not. So this might be a good time to maybe stop down and chat about the Babysitter's Club itself as an organization. We on this podcast like to spend a lot of time talking about the bureaucracy of the Babysitter's Club, mostly because it's my favorite topic of conversation. What did you think about the Babysitter's Club as an entity? Well, I was very appreciative that in book 12, they're willing to basically devote a whole chapter to explain a concept that would clearly all the readers would understand if they've ever read any of the other books. So thank you. Not Ann R. Martin and Ann Martin. Ann R. Martin. Uh-huh. And oh, was there more? You said while I understand that. I, I thought you were setting me up for some more information. Nah, I mean, I think they they run a pretty well-oiled operation. I was kind of impressed. Yeah, and it's it's a tight ship. Is there anything else that you took away from the other members that you want to mention here? Uh, any other impressions of the other four that are in the club? I feel like they give pretty brief descriptions of all the other members. And obviously the Netflix show is completely influenced my perception of all the other ones but i mean i get that christy runs the show yes and the others are whatever okay (laughs) and i'm trying to think they don't really reveal a whole lot in the early chapters when they have their in the early chapter when they have their first meeting i'm trying i'm trying to remember no, that's fine. We can come back to it. You've got, of course, Christy, the president. Um, Claudia is the vice president, uh, who this book focuses on. You also have then Marianne, right, who is the secretary. Um, Stacy, the treasurer. And Don, the alternate officer, who briefly becomes the vice president in this book. Yeah, so that's everyone that was else. big, big... Big responsibility for Don. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm jumping she was ahead. Winner of this book. I'm jumping ahead. I thought Don should have been excited to have taken over as vice president. Uh, Don usually doesn't have that much to do. And I thought she should have been happy for the chance to have an actual office. But she seemed very salty about it instead. So I didn't really know what Don's problem was. Hey, Don's probably got a lot going on too. Claudia talks about all these assignments, all these responsibilities she has. You know what? The other girls probably have the same. And now Don's just having this other responsibility dumped onto her. I don't Dawn, think you're she really trying to empathize with her situation, man. I guess her mom is like a little bit of an idiot. So she has to take care of her mom. Her brother is going through some stuff as we see later. She likes ghost stories. I don't know. I thought Don, I thought Don was being a little bit of a drama queen in this book. What is the vice president even do maybe i do not the, fundamentally understand how the, this 
bureaucracy <laughs> functions, clearly. The vice president has the very important role of having their own phone line and a bedroom where the other babysitters can meet. That's what the vice president does in the babysitters club. Well, I feel like Claudia does her job then. Yeah, she, she hasn't does, neglected she, any of her she responsibilities. Does great. You know, and you're you're bringing up something that I didn't think about. Claudia should have just been like, "F you guys, you can't meet in my room anymore. Like, uh, I'm no longer taking phone calls on this number." And then where would they have been? Yeah, but I feel like for for most of the story, Claudia's trying to, you know, well, yes, yes, try to do all things at once and yeah claudia maybe if she was a christy she could have wielded that power more effectively but clearly she didn't have any interest in doing that no right like claudia of course like cares more about her friends the club is a vehicle for these friendships that are being congealed is a weird word that are being condensed together but like had claudia just been like, all right, well, you know, screw you guys. Uh, you can't use my room anymore. That might have been the death of the Babysitter's Club. It might have happened in book 12. So they're lucky that Claudia was so generous as to let them to continue to meet in her bedroom when she's not even there. That's wild. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. They should be grateful for what she continues to bring to the club, even I agree. in her absence. I agree. This, you know, Charlie, Charles, this book made me like Claudia all the more. I'd really, I, I started this podcast, episode one, episode two. It's like, Claudia is the best. I love Claudia. Sort of petered off a little bit as I read more of the books. Claudia seems kind of weird. She almost hits her sister. Um, it's it's very strange. I, I sort of like turned off on Claudia, but this book made me come right back on Claudia, that Claudia is the, the one of these five babysitters that has the most sort of developed interiority, that knows herself, that prioritizes, that doesn't get involved in all of the BS that goes on with the Christy Marianne Don triangle. I really, really liked Claudia at the end of this book. I'm glad that you're able to see things through her eyes again. Thank you. I mean, I don't know what really made you cool on her so much in the earlier books. Yeah. You said uh, Lily Diamond is a big Claudia fan. Is that right? I think so. But I don't have a, a whole lot to, to go off of. I think most people are Claudia fans. I think she's the easiest one to sort of uh, latch on to. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to be think that they're artistic and interesting and different and want more so i think everyone like wants to be claudia but most of us are actually like mary ann's or dawn's to be completely honest so claudia is babysitting at the radowski's uh the great jackie radowski he's getting stuff everywhere he gets stuck in the bathroom, which is hilarious. Um, and then, uh, do you have anything you want to say about the Radowskis? They loom large in this book. I feel like Jackie's brothers are really Shay and Archie. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel really bad for them because clearly Jackie's just this little idiot who's always causing problems. Yeah. And the worst part about it is he's 
good spirited. So it probably makes it hard to like stay mad at him. And I feel like those are the most infuriating people. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know a little bit about that, Charlie. Um, That's why I can put up with you. Yeah. No, no, no. I was trying to turn it on you, but you turned it on me. I see what you did. Yeah. So she's uh, babysitting for the Radowskis. Ashley shows up and Ashley is horrified that Claudia has to babysit and it makes Claudia feel, wait for it. I think it's even in ellipses in the book. Babyish. The worst word you can be called in the Babysitter's Club universe is babyish. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because Claudia's the one being responsible and yeah, babysitting. And I don't know, it just makes me think about what's Ashley's backstory. And I wish oh. it delved into that a little bit more. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to learn more about Ashley Wyeth, who moved here from Chicago um, for some reason. But I do think that there is... As I alluded to at the beginning, I think, at least for myself, maybe you didn't experience this. You were probably more well-adjusted than I was. I think there's a lot going on here where you're young, you have these ideas, you have these passions, and this new person, because, you know, when you're young, you're in school, middle school, high school, college, whatever, there's this constant influx of people that we don't really have after college, and to have this person come in, this Ashley, who is so passionate about the thing that Claudia is also passionate about. It's a real disruptive force, but it's, it's so, it was so relatable to me to remember like meeting a new person that it just like sort of like disrupts the paradigm of your life um, that you, you just sort of go a little crazy. So I really followed everything that Claudia did here in this book. Tell this, I can tell this resonates with you. But, so you, are, you, uh, but, are, you are you sure? You're you, a new kid in your own life, Jeremy. Well, I can change everything. I and nothing give, was ever the same. I will, <laughs> I will give you an example. All right. Charlie is leaning back in the chair, laughing himself slowly. I will give you an example from my own life. But first, I want to know from you. You've never had an experience like this where there's like a new person who connects with things that you're passionate about in a way that your established friend group or paradigm does not? So definitely not middle school because I feel like my middle school was large enough that yeah. you, you don't really like take much notice of new kids. Yeah, I was trying not to get like beaten up in middle school. So not in middle school. I was trying to survive in middle school. But this happened to me much later. You never had this happen to you at any point in your life? Not really. So it was always interesting when a new kid showed up, right? Okay, I, yes. I feel like my interest had cooled by like two or three days in, maybe. And I feel like there are multiple occasions in my life where the teacher is like, hey, you, why don't you be nice and show this new kid around? And I was just like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> why do I have to do this? Like, why would you think that I am the best candidate to make this person feel welcome? and show them the ropes. And so I feel like that's what I think of when I think of new kids coming to my schools. And now the listeners can know what a terrible person I am and how 
I lack em- basic empathy. Okay, but I want to I want to ch- I want to challenge you on this because yes, I feel the same way. In middle school and high school, this was not something that I felt right because like the new kid is marked or whatever. Um, there's like a sort of like social integration process, but this feeling, I feel like I did. Ex- I, I well, first of all, I'm just going to say I feel like many people probably experienced it in middle school and high school. The fact that you and I did not doesn't mean nobody does. But I feel like especially in college, um, college was actually a place where I sort of feel like I started out, I had this defined friend group, right? The people that lived with me in my dorm my freshman year. Um, But then as you went along, it was like you get to like sophomore year and junior year and you take these classes and you meet these new people. And some of them are very like I hesitate again to use this word, but like intoxicating where like these new people are very like, like, Oh wow. Like a new person. I want to like hang out with this person. And then when they sort of like express interest in what you're interested in, that can be like very exciting. So you didn't even have that in college at Berkeley. No, everyone's just miserable in studies. No one makes friends in classes. What are you talking about? Well, I probably should have spent more time studying than I wouldn't have been a grad student. I guess the, the interesting thing about Claudia and Ashley is to a certain degree, there's a competitive element. And yes, they're clearly, I, okay. So I, I, I know that Ashley is intrigued, or Claudia is intrigued by Ashley, but I'm not really sure the, the opposite is true. Claudia is intrigued by Ashley. You don't feel like Ashley is intrigued by Claudia. I think Ashley's just like, where am I? I'm in this new town. Oh, this girl's into art. She's the best I got to work with right now. Oh, she's actually kind of talented. I guess that's kind of cool, but she's not as good as me because she hasn't had all this fancy training. So was it a similar dynamic for you? I'm trying to get at, like where you were very interested in this other individual and they, I'm just kidding. No, I don't think so. And and I did, I did promise you and the listeners uh, that example. Let me talk about Ashley first and we'll talk about myself. I think Ashley doesn't have the maturity in my reading of this book to consider Claudia in that way in that like sort of adult way. I think Ashley sort of like, much like like a child, which, you know, they're in middle school. I'm, I'm not holding them to adult standards. They like what they like, right? Like Ashley likes art. So Ashley sort of like, and it seems like Ashley has a very poor social skills. So Ashley finds a person that likes art, gloms onto them, talks to them a lot, and then moves on. In my own experience, and like I said, I I do feel like this experience with Ashley is very um, accurate for a lot of younger people. My experience with this, I think, came in college where, like I said, you start out college, you have this sort of like set of friends, you know, you live in the dorm, here are your 12 friends. Um, Obviously, like as college goes on, those people sort of like drop off, right? Because you don't live together anymore. Everyone does their own thing. But then as you begin to take this, this also might be like a humanities thing. So I don't know if like, this is going to be something that's relatable to you and the rest of the listeners. As you take these other classes in things like higher division, upper division, English, comp lit, whatever, 
you meet these other people that are like very interested in what you're interested in. And these people that are sort of like bohemian, like, oh, I'm gonna come over. Um, I'm gonna bring, in my experience, I'm gonna bring a bottle of tequila and I'm gonna do a shot and I'm not gonna take a chaser, right? And it's like, oh, 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 like what's going on now? And they're like, oh, have you, did you watch the new David Lynch movie? Um, do you do you know about this weird indie band that I've heard of? And that, I think that's where I get to this term, and I'm talking a lot, I'll end in a second. That's where I get to this term intoxicating, where it's just like, oh, like this like new person who has all these magical ideas and is interested in me, like I want to be with that person. And also in my experience, as with Claudia, maybe this person isn't so mature or like fundamentally good at like interacting with other people and their relationship might sour at a later date. Um, So that's just sort of like how I feel. And I felt like for a book series that focuses on the experience of young people, I felt like this was a very relatable experience. Charlie, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I don't see it as a relatable experience. (laughs) Okay. Because I just can't think of like any time you meet someone, I've met someone with similar interests like that, that really just elevated my interest or like passion and whatever I'm into. So you brought up like, I like to play guitar, right? Okay. I wasn't looking for like another good guitar player. I just wanted someone to play bass and drums and listen to everything I had to say and basically do what I asked them to do. So if, if very there, different situation. If there had been that person though, that showed up who was like a fantastic bass player and was like, oh, Charlie, you're so talented. We should, uh, we should hang out. Wouldn't that have been a little bit sort of like intriguing to you as a, as a high school student? No, I would have got caught, gone and got like a totally basic, not talented basis because Base. I wouldn't want to be challenged. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're a stronger person than I am, I guess. Cause I, I saw myself in this book and I saw what Anna Martin was going for. And I loved it. I loved that she introduced this rogue element into the babysitters. No, I could see, I can see where Claudia's intrigue is coming from. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Stony Brook doesn't sound like the most interesting place, right? Hey, they have a university, a new art gallery, and a general hospital. They're a booming metropolis. All right, point taken. Okay, that got very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Let's continue. Let's move on. Um, Ashley wants to eat lunch with Claudia. Claudia usually eats lunch with the Babysitter's Club. Who did you eat lunch with in middle school, Charlie? The same people every single day. Did you do the same? You like, you have your table. You might not have like exact places where you sit, right? But there's like a range where if you're not within that certain area. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Who are the people that you ate lunch with every day? I just friends that were equally uninterested and challenging themselves and seeking out people to intellectually stimulate their development. Yeah. Are you still in touch with a lot of these people? Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. Huh. 
would they be interested in listening to a podcast about the babysitters club they may be interested in downloading it to at least make that's all i need just that me, metric look better for you just so. give me the really care about me, just let me know <laughs> oh i am letting you know right now i, I want all the downloads I you want get. this podcast to grow organically and beautifully I wanted to grow. If I could pump it full of steroids, I would. I wanted you just, to grow as fast as possible. I think the best play is you just need to suck up to the the babysitters club club podcast because clearly, god damn it, they're well established. They got something going. I've seen it happen, dude. It's a model for success where one like really good, well established podcast will cross promote and play up like a really bad podcast and i don't really understand why how dare you no 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 i'm just saying that's a different example you're the ashley wyatt and i'm the claudia kishi i'm trying to sit over here with my friends uh joe hong julian tempesta brandon Liu. we're all sitting at the table together and you want me to come over to your sculptor table and abandon all the friends that i've made so far I think it's a big ask, but Ashley clearly doesn't know what she's demanding of Claudia. I don't think she really cares because she's kind of caught up in her own world. Art is clearly the only thing that matters to her right now. I mean, I will cut her some slack because she's in this new confusing environment, right? Have you listened to other Babysitter's Club podcasts? No, I haven't. I just saw the others when I was trying to find yours. Yeah. Uh, Don't you, okay, I'm, I'm sorry for bringing that up. I feel like you're doing something really novel here. It's like comprehensive spark notes in audio format, except it takes longer to listen to than read the book. But I have one suggestion. Yes. Oh, please. You should add a themes, motifs, and symbols section to the end. Themes, motifs, and symbols. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, but I don't really understand what a motif is. I'm going to be honest with I'm you. I'm not surprised. Themes, motifs, and symbols. Okay. Do you well, understand what a motif is? Yes, I teach film. Okay, we'll add that to the end. Um, Babysitter's Club Club is actually my, was the title that I wanted for this podcast. And then I like looked it up and it was already taken. And I actually, I really respect those guys because they've done like a million podcasts. They've kept it up. Uh, they're doing a great job over there. I tried to find their episode for this specific book, but I could no longer download it or my internet connection cut out or something. Yeah. So I wasn't able to steal other content. I was really- Wait a minute. Do I have to worry about future guests just listening to other podcasts that do the same book that I give them? Well, dude, you picked, I told you, you picked a book that wasn't, in the Netflix series. So I didn't have a lot of options. Yeah, you're as bad as Brandon. Okay, I read the book, dude. Well, I'm not so sure. Okay. Okay, I have a similar reading comprehension level, but I actually put forth a good faith effort and it really hurts me that you can't recognize that. I used to say that my strength in this podcast was that it was a new, a fresh perspective every time. I'm now seeing the flaw in that strategy that I'm getting these like idiots that don't actually read the book or know how to read. I read the book. We just covered that. Okay. And how dare you call Brandon such a (laughs) terrible name. Yeah, you love Brandon. So, okay. Let's get back to Claudia and the new girl. Um, And it's not Zoe Deschanel, Charlie. Um... So there's going to be a sculpt, sculpt, sculpting, sculpture contest 
uh, run through Stony Brook for this new museum. Charlie, there's a $250 prize. That's a lot of money. Uh, well, do you want to know how much that would be in 2020 dollars? I put it in the inflation calculator. Are you going for like 1987? Yeah, uh, 1988. You said 250. Yeah, I can just tell you. you know I would say I, I was probably around 500 dollars, right? 550 dollars and 27 cents. Okay, that's a lot of money. What do you think Ashley? Well, spoiler alert: Ashley wins the contest. What do you think Ashley's going to do? With $550.27. Buy like one easel? One easel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Clearly she has like very highfalutin. So taste. have you ever sculpted anything before, Charlie? I haven't, but my grandmother was like an amateur artist and oh, did yeah? sculptures. And there's all these creepy sculptures of my dad as a kid all around my house. And I still haven't gotten used to it whenever I visit my parents. Would you do me a favor? You're at your parents' house right now, true or false? True. Would you do me a favor and take a picture of one of those so I can tweet it? I will. On the Babysitter's uh, Book Club account? I will. Okay. I, I, one, of the, one of the statues is nude, but it's not in my dad. That's oh my, my God. We're not that kind of a podcast. Okay. 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 Okay, but no, I would lo- I would love to tweet one of those out. I gotta I learn. Never, I never had to model for my grandmother though. My siblings did, but clearly I was didn't make the cut, which I am very grateful for. Did all three of your siblings model except for you? No, I think maybe just my older sister, but I'm not sure. Yeah, is that Lily or the other the other one? Lily, your future guest. It's Lily. Remind me your other the other names of your sisters. No, they don't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're gonna be. They're gonna kick your ass when they listen to this podcast and hear you say that. I've met them. They're 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 wonderful, strong women, and i I would never uh, I would never disrespect them like you did, Charlie. Um, So Ashley wants to sculpt an inanimate object, and we we have a little bit of a field trip, a literal field trip. We go into the fields, Ashley and Claudia. We go to downtown Stony Brook. Um, and Ashley is super into the, the fire hydrants and the traffic signals. And, uh, Claudia is not sure what to make of it. She, she's not exactly sure what is going on there. And this is sort of the beginning of the rift where Claudia misses her first babysitter's club meeting. Christy says, everyone thinks Ashley is weird. Um, I, I kind of think Ashley's weird too. Do you think Ashley is weird, Charlie? She wears bell bottoms, dude. Come on. I feel like that's a pretty open and shut case right there. Open 1987, 1988. What did we say it was? Uh, 1988. Yeah, she's weird. She's weird. Um, Stacy is crying that she's losing Claudia, which really fits with the journey that we've been on. If you're reading along with us or have listened to every episode. Stacy is really, <laughs> and this is going to be funny when you look at the preview for the next episode that Stacy's leaving, but Stacy really takes these friends very seriously. And the fact that Claudia is now hanging out with Ashley, Stacy takes very, very hard. I agree, man. And you know, I'm a bit of a World War II history enthusiast, right? It's uh, it crazy. It just Yes, I do know that. I feel like there's a perfect analogy. 19, 
Four right. to five. I'm gonna. I'm just Hayrod, gonna. Yalta conference. I'm gonna. What? I'm, I'm just. I'm gonna mute myself. You can have five minutes. And no, uh, I need like five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've heard. Go ahead. I can see you're not entertained, so I'll make it quick for you. Claudia is Roosevelt. Stacy is Churchill, and Ashley is Stalin. It's obvious, right? Yes. That's all I had. I don't have five minutes of content to fill. Okay. Stop making me do all the hard work for you, man. Come on, do your job. When you say that's all you had, does that mean the podcast is over or that was just all you had for that particular comparison? I'd believe either. No, I'm just saying we can all relate to this sort of tug of war, di- tug of war dynamic, Jeremy. We've all experienced it and kind resonates who are you and i if we were going to be um world war ii political figures who would we be we should steer away from this i'm not going to paint you in a flattering light dude oh you're going to say something unfortunate okay all right you know what you know what you know what in case your dad is listening to this podcast he won't be (laughs) i know your grandfather fought in Patton's army right uh i'm not sure (laughs) you remind me of Patton in that you're unreasonable and don't listen to anyone else's opinions sure uh Patton also famously started a podcast where all he did was listen to other people's opinions i think what are you talking about this podcast all i do is ask other people their opinions oh come on that's a facade man (laughs) facade oh my god Okay, uh, it's a good thing we're not in the same room. We might come to blows on this podcast. Which figure are you, Charlie? I mean, I'm clearly Claudia because everyone wants me. No, <laughs> which World War II figure are you? <laughs> which World War II figure are you? I'm Roosevelt because I haven't sat up in three years oh my god okay let's move on let's move on so (laughs) so the babysitters club they're real bullies to ashley um they they show up in the hallway um i can't remember is it ashley or claudia that describes ashley as claudia's mentor i thought was very presumptuous for a middle schooler but Um, i think doesn't claudia really identify with that word and she likes it um, I, I think ashley says that that she is claudia's mentor and claudia just sort of goes along with it but the babysitters club they're so mean to ashley in the first interaction where they're like in the hallway um and they're just like get out of here you you dumb idiot um so i don't know like i thought it was weird that a 13 year old is like yeah this other 13 year old is my mentor but i also thought it did not it wasn't so flattering that the babysitters club they were such bullies to ashley in that first scene at this point claudia's only missed one meeting or she's missed more i believe this is the after she missed the first meeting because she was downtown with ashley I felt like it was the perfect classic middle school scene in any television show or movie. Yeah. It was great. The tension was high. Uh Drama was running. 
I liked it. It was one of my favorite scenes in the whole book. What's I I'm nervous to ask. What's the World War II comparison for what happened in that scene? I don't got it. I don't I don't have one, man. I'm okay. sorry. Well, so you were really a poser. I figured I figured you'd only allow me to give one. Well, I, I thought if I pushed you, you'd have them at the ready, but it doesn't seem like you do. Um, I love that Mrs. Bear doesn't like Ashley's sculpture. She wants to sculpt the fire hydrant and mrs bear is like this sucks but then ashley still wins so how good is mrs bear anyway right um and claudia was like working on a hand sculpture for practice but then ashley wants her to sculpt a sculpt a concept a lot of sculpting talk in this book yeah i wasn't so sure about the inanimate object idea either i mean clearly i'm no visual artist i think we've established that but i feel like it red flags right away i'm like we established that <laughs> any intellectual um, pursuit i so it feel like really, we established that i don't excel in the <laughs> i mean certainly um the ostrac ostracization okay ostra Hey, at least I don't even try to say big words to start yeah, with. I we've been we've been drinking. It's late at night. Ostracization of Claudia really continues. Um, they keep meeting in her room, and they like leave her mean notes like all around her room and short sheet her bed. Um, they leave a note that says "Ha ha, sleep tight" on her short sheeted bed. Uh, roses are red, violets are blue, traitors are jerks, and so are you. That's another note they leave her. They like sabotage all her hidden candy. Um, I just I felt really bad for Claudia in this instance. I did too. And if I'm gonna be honest with you, please pretty much the only prep I did for this podcast was to read the book and okay. to write down a few mean post-it notes for you personally. Oh, I'm uh do you want to share some of those? I got violets are blue, the grass is green, Jeremy's an idiot who's really mean. And I also have Jeremy's a dumb idiot. He looks like if Edward Snowden and James Corden had an illegitimate love child. Okay. So when you sent me the picture of the book the other day that was full of post-it notes and you led me to believe that those were all of your carefully made like notes about the content of the book, they were actually just all like insults that you wrote down. I'll leave that question unanswered. Yeah. I've never heard like one of these poems start with violets are blue. I'm different, man. Grass is green. That's a new one. What was the other one I look like? What was the combination? Edward Snowden and James Corden. James Corden. Okay. That's not so bad. I was going to maybe say if Edward Snowden and James Corden like spliced their DNA together and then used Adele as a surrogate mother, but I thought that was maybe too far. Adele as a surrogate. These are all like semi-attractive people that you're naming. It's not like super insulting what you're saying. Oh, I could be meaner, dude, but. I don't know if we need to do that. The point is that the Babysitter's Club are bullies and you're part of the Babysitter's Club bully squad. Clearly the most disturbing part of this entire episode uh-huh. is when 
Christy suggests that they just leave a blank post-it note because it will mess with Claudia even more because she'll be wondering what they were thinking or they'll be or she'll be wondering if they used invisible ink to write some burn, which I feel like that's just next level sort of, nah, I, I don't want to say sociopathic, but I mean, all of Christy's behavior up to this point, you could kind of say, you know what, she's got tough things going on at home, but then she does weird stuff like this that just a little bit more than normal. No, you're complete. You're absolutely right. It's wild. It's wild. Some of the like the depths of depravity and cruelty that they are like are that they're excited about um, in in these different aspects to torment Claudia and. I mean, I think I we often give Anna Ann R. Martin, as you call her, a lot of credit in terms of like, oh, they really capture all these like like issues of being like a, a younger person in middle school. But yeah, she also does a good job of sort of capturing these like insane, like sociopathic um aspects of just like bullying each other. Like it's horrible. It's horrible the way that the Babysitter's Club treats Claudia in this book. It's horrible the way you treated me on this podcast, Charlie. Sorry, I'm going to be nice to you for the rest of the- That's the fine. I thought, so. you're, I thought your insults were pretty lame, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, <laughs> so does Christy have older siblings, though? Uh, yes, Sam and Charlie are her older brothers. So she's got a leg up there already. I guess I know, so. So Stacy's clearly like very hurt because she takes this personally because apparently she's so close with Claudia, right? Claudia is her best friend. Mm-hmm. And the others just like whatever. I don't know. Yeah, the others just sort of like pile on the bandwagon. And like I said, Dawn should be excited. She finally gets to like have a job, but instead she's like a total B about everything. She didn't want it to happen like this. Jenny, she wanted to get elected. You know what I really liked is that Claudia seems completely, um, what's the word? She's completely like checked out and oblivious to a lot of the other social politics going on beneath the surface in the Babysitter's Club. And I'm not sure, Charlie, that you would know this just from this book, but the previous 11 books have featured quite a shifting of alliances between where Christy and Marianne were best friends and then Christy moves and Dawn shows up. Dawn is now Marianne's new best friend. Christy's upset about that, but then Christy becomes better friends with Dawn, but then Christy makes friends with Shannon and then Logan comes into the picture who Marianne is dating. So there's all this like social drama underneath the surface in this club. And I love that Claudia just like has no idea about any of it. She's just like, oh, well, those are all my friends. And now I have this other person that I have to weigh them against. So I really enjoyed that. You have a lot of post-its sticking out of the book. Are there more insults you want to hit me with? I don't, I don't want to like make you waste any material. No, they were kind of like my spark notes to, to note like what the major events in each chapter. Yeah. So I should probably say, I read the book five days ago. Okay. And about a year ago, I suffered my fourth concussion and I don't remember things very well anymore. So if I get things a little bit messed up, how, how did I apologize. you, how did you get that fourth concussion? Playing soccer. Yeah. Did, did you tell me about that? That sounds kind of familiar. 
I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four concussions. That can't be good for you, Charlie. Yeah, definitely not. But whatever, dude. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, we're getting close to it. How are you doing on time? I didn't ask you before we started. Do you have a hard out? Eh, not really. I was just going to see how far I could push you until you you're, cut me off. Oh, I'm... Charlie, you're playing a dangerous game there. I, I did two and, two and a half hours with Rachel, so we're going to be all good. Um, so Claudia is back at the Radowskis. Um, the Radowskis have vacuumed up all the socks in the house. That was Jackie's idea. They were doing an experiment. And um, this is another time, I think, again, where Ashley shows up. And she is again like awful about well ashley is again awful about what's going on she calls it this uselessness um and claudia says like uh hey uh sentimental is good because ashley says like this is too sentimental and claudia says sentimental leads to art and they have this throwdown um where she says ashley is ungrateful foolish and doesn't know anything about being a friend yeah, I felt like this was Claudia's big moment. Yeah, it was great. This is this is in front of Marianne, right? Is this in front of Marianne? Yes, actually, I think no. This is not the one in front of Marianne. This is before Ashley comes. <laughs> Ashley multiple times. Sorry, man. Concussions, dude. There's no, no, like no, so it's many fine. More episodes. My notes too. A lot of the things that happen in and a lot of the babysitters club books are repetitive. I told um, you this book was a bit dense for my liking. So Ashley, I'm doing my best to keep up. Ashley multiple times like shows up at the Radowski's house for no reason other than to just like be horrible. Um, but no, this is the first time where she just like sees them playing red light, green light. She's like, what the heck are you doing? Get out of here. You should be doing art. Um, yeah. And she, and Claudia says she's ungrateful, foolish, and doesn't know about being a friend. Yeah, I feel like Claudia can only be pushed so far and reliably she knows when the line's been crossed and she stands up for herself and defends the honor of the Babysitter's Club. So I feel like that says a lot about her character. Yeah, and like what comes up here, what comes up here in this chapter that I think is actually like, I didn't, like I highlight a lot of things in my notes and I... I wanted to use like a different color to highlight this because I feel like it's sort of like a thesis for the series. The Babysitter's Club books treat friendship as like a zero-sum game. So like if you have your group of friends like Claudia does in the Babysitter's Club and like a new person shows up that you want to be friends with, I think one of like the theses of the Babysitter's Club books is that like your attention must naturally be detracted from the other friends you have. So like any new person that shows up like draws from your energy tanks in terms of friendship. And I don't I don't think that's a healthy way to think about friendship. What do you think? I mean, is that a function of them being in middle school? I don't certainly really certainly. Know. But I think like if like at the same time, if I'm going to give this book series credit for portraying things accurately when you're in middle school, I, I also have to take away points 
for the way that Anne, Anne R. Martin um, suggests, like th there's no critique of that. She just suggests that if there's this new person that you're hanging out with, you obviously don't have enough time for your other friends. And I guess the end of the book like sort of tries to square that circle where it's like, oh, Ashley's my sometimes friend. But it really does come down, I think, on the side of the fence that like there are my friends and then there are other people. And the, I can't sort of like have a lot of different friends, which I think is not healthy. Yeah, Claudia is definitely not very good at time management, but... Hey, you know. she makes a bunch of uh, to-do lists. She manages her time just fine at the end. Yeah, her to-do to lists are stupid, but we'll get to that when we do. Well, so. do you want to talk about the to-do lists? I don't know. She creates a to-do list for her to-do list. Yes. And then basically, two of her to-do lists take like two seconds, and then one of them has all the stuff that actually takes a lot of time to get done. And I'm just, you know, maybe it's not so so bad for, for a middle schooler. But, you know, I was just going to say, I think I know why I was calling her Ann R. Martin. Because yeah. of George R. R. Martin. So yeah. I'm just going to double down and call her Ann R. R. Martin from now on, if that's okay with you. That's fine with me. I told you, I read that she was all about portraying authentic characters, right? Okay. And kids at this age in middle school, that's like a fundamental aspect of emotional immaturity is that you always think other people's actions are due because of you. Like everything revolves around you. Right, and right. if they act a certain way, it's either a direct assault on you or it's because of something you did. And you're not aware of anything outside of your own orbit. So I feel like... This is just another beautiful example of how Ann R.R. Martin is capable of developing these authentic characters. But I feel like the thing that you just said is in opposition to what actually happens in the Babysitter's Club. Because as I like, the point that I was just making was that I feel like she writes these, these stories wherein you're like there's such a like stark line it's like we are best friends or whatever and there's like tension um so i i feel like of all the things ann r martin does very well one of the things she doesn't do so well is this sort of like hey everyone's got stuff going on in their own lives right like we got to respect that um it's not all about you all the time um, but for these five members of the Babysitter's Club, it very much is like, okay, well, if, if anything happens to disrupt our routine, that we take that very personally. Yeah, man, you got it all figured out. Well, I don't know. Does that make sense to you or do, do, uh, am I wrong? I think you're like, miles ahead of me on this one man you really have psychoanalyzed what is happening within this social dynamic it i'm gonna be honest i'm a little bit lost no 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 well i well that's not a good sign because if i didn't explain it well to you i don't know who's gonna listen to it but i think you make a good point that like in real life everyone has stuff going on right especially in middle school like you don't know who you are day to day in middle school you're a different person every day um and that's just what i feel like doesn't always come across in some of these 
books. But we're we're really like holding uh, Ann R. R. Martin's feet to the flames with this analysis. I guess so. Okay. I'm glad Let's... that you're calling her by her real name now. Charlie, we're almost done, I swear. Um, so yeah, so uh, we're, we're almost at the end of the book. Uh, Claudia wants to go sculpt Jackie. Ashley shows up again for some reason. Um, and she's so mean. She's so mean again to Claudia. Like in front of Jackie, who's like this sweet little kid with like freckles and who's missing a tooth. Um, so I felt really bad for him. Um, then Claudia decides she's got to get everything figured out. She has to make a to-do list. As you alluded to, she makes a to-do list for her to-do list. Are you a big to-do list guy, Charlie? Yeah, but not multiple to-do lists. Just one to-do list and describe the things you need to get done in poor enough detail that they probably won't make sense once I actually get to it. That's my <laughs> main approach. Yeah. So she's got her friends to-do list, which is call Ashley, call Stacy, call Christy. She's got her school to-do list. She's got to try to make up that spelling test that for some infuriating reason she is still taking in middle school. Um, she has a... a no, I think she, she finagled her way into getting to retake it. Which she did. She did. pretty she, impressive. I'll give her that one. She does get to retake it. She's working on a project on the 1812 war. Do you have any thoughts on that? I just feel like it's not really high up on her to-do list. I mean, she should care. Our nation's capital got basically burned to the ground by the British all over like a stupid matter that probably should have been resolved without it going to a military conflict. But clearly this is not a priority of Claudia. So that's okay, I understand. I probably didn't care in seventh grade either. About the 1812 war, yeah. Did you have to take a constitution tech uh, test in middle school? I had to do one in eighth grade. Ooh, maybe. I remember some very not informative U.S. government classes through within the California public schools, but we have to go there. Yeah, I believe my my eighth grade history teacher. She lived in your neck of the woods there in Fair Oaks. Um, and she was also my high school speech and debate coach, RIP June Reed. I can see why you're such an upstanding citizen now, yes. because she instilled these values in you at that age and taught you what's important. And that's, that's great, man. Yeah, she was, she was kind of a wacky lady, but ultimately I think I liked her. Um, anyway, Claudia has to read 21 balloons a wrinkle in time um and then she's got this other to-do list for sculpting she's got to think about it i like that she put thinking about it on her to-do list talking to mrs bear and talking to her parents so she calls ashley that's the first thing she does she says that her life is very big she can't spend all her time with ashley ashley hangs up on her she's not a real friend I thought it was a pretty great phone call. Yeah. I mean, saying that your life's too big to spend too much time with you, that's like a pretty great burn in my... Well, I don't I... think it was It was meant to be a burn. It was meant to be like a, an honest thing. But yeah, I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, I don't think Ashley took it as a burn, but maybe to the older reader that shouldn't be reading a sixth grade level book. Yeah, all of us. That's what we took away from it. 
Charlie, have you ever had to make a hard phone call to a friend's? I don't know, man. I feel like we're sort of young enough having been, we're not young. That's not good. We are not young, but unfortunately. Being bored in the early 90s. Sure. I, you know, it was probably like high school where you could start to avoid having to make phone calls and just text people. So, you know, I think we're like the first generation without a spine having to face up and deal with the consequences of our actions or else I was just unique in that I ran away from any big moment that was a test of my true character. Were you good at T9 texting, which is probably a lost art at this point? Nah, definitely not. Did you, you did it though, right? In high school on your, like on your T9 phone. Yeah. I don't even think I got a cell phone until like later. Okay. In high school, but yeah, T9. I'd like to see like an action movie where like the only thing like I haven't really worked this out. Like there's an asteroid headed to earth. The only thing that can save us is like a T9 texting expert. And they have to find someone who's like between 28 and 33 uh, to like (laughs) get in there and like T9 text as fast as they can to save, save the world. You better edit out this part of the podcast or one of your seven listeners is going to steal this brilliant idea, dude. There's no editing. How dare you? Um, So yes, Ashley hangs up. Uh, She calls Stacy. They cry a little bit. Stacy left her a note that says, in my bread box of friends, you are a crumb, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) That was good. That's what inspired me to write me notes for you. But at a certain point, I I can't top. You didn't come up with anything as creative as Stacy did. Um, I love that she calls Christy and Karen answers the phone and Karen's like, oh, oh, the ghost and the cat and the, and she's just like, okay, shut up. Let me talk to Christy. (laughs) That made me laugh a lot. Um, And of course, like Christy like remains awful about it. She's like, okay, okay, whatever. Goodbye. Which is Christy all over, Christy all over. Um, And then she has a list of famous jerks, Charlie. And that list includes Benedict Arnold's, the Wicked Witch of the West and Claudia. Do you want to rank those three people for me in terms of how big of a jerk they are? One, Wicked Witch. Two, she's she's the biggest jerk? Yeah. Okay. Two, Benedict Arnold. Yeah. Three, Claudia. Yeah. I thought you were going to have like some historical facts about Benedict Arnold that might like exonerate him or something. No, but I had Eggs Benedict this morning. They're pretty good. You had Eggs Benedict this morning on a random Thursday? Yeah, so they make these little... Never mind, I'm mixing up different kinds of eggs. Let's just move on, What kind of eggs? No, 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 no. Poached eggs, poached eggs. Oh, poached eggs, that makes more sense. And what do they make? They make these little what? Pans you can cheat poached eggs in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love an eggs Benedict myself. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know. That's like when you are. get the like hollandaise sauce. And oh yeah, okay. Over the yeah, top. Delicious, delicious. Yeah. Um, now your listeners know how much of an idiot I am. I don't even know what eggs Benedict are. Well, I don't think they needed to wait this long to find that out, Charlie. 
Um, so uh, Claudia's whole thing was, and I thought this was like so heartbreaking. She was just like, no, like Ashley is the only person that's ever said I was talented. And like all the other girls say some version of, oh, we say that all the time. We say it all the time. And Claudia is like, well, you guys don't know what art. Like this was a person that I respected that said that I was talented. And I thought that was so like raw and emotional. And it really, I really liked it. I liked that as the ending of the book that Claudia like really came at them with just like, hey guys, this person really spoke to me in terms of the talent and like pumping me up. And that's why this thing happens. So I, I feel like I don't really fully appreciate the dynamic with her older sister either, but okay. it sounds like that factors in quite a bit. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, because Janine, who is a genius, never, like she comes to the art show, I guess, in this, in this chapter, in this book, um, and says like, oh, this is wonderful. You must be thrilled. I don't know why Ann R. R. Martin thinks the way to write a genius is to make them sound like an android, but that's how Ann R. R. Martin writes Janine. Um, but yeah, like you're probably right that that has a lot to do with Claudia's own psychology. Or else Claudia is just completely hamming it up to try to curry favor with her friends and gain acceptance back into the group which would be pretty genius, but I don't know if that's very plausible. No, not making her ham face, I don't think. Did your older sisters, you have two older sisters, right? And one younger sister? Sure. Oh, okay. Did your older sisters ever tell you you were like good at anything, Charlie? No, dude. And so I feel like that's the benefit of having, I guess I would say older sisters, but maybe just sisters in general is that I feel like you become very accustomed to the psychological and emotional abuse and it prepares you for life really well. Whereas if you have brothers, I mean, you're used to being physically abused, which I guess is also- How would you know? Because uh, friends with older brothers, I was like, feel like I'd go over to their houses and watch them get the crap eaten out of them. I'd be like, I guess this is why I'm so soft, but I'd rather not have to go through this. Yeah, what did your sisters do to you that was psychologically abusive? Are you are you able to talk about it on the podcast? I don't know, man. If I reveal any dirt about Lily, she might not appear on your podcast, and you'd be deprived of a very excellent guest. So I think it, I think it's the opposite. Where if you reveal dirt about Lily, she'll want to come on more to set the record straight. See, you're just. You're trying to create drama. I see what's happening here. The lucky thing for me is that due to all these concussions, I don't even remember all these things from my childhood. Yikes. So there you go. Okay. Well, so the book ends. Uh, Ashley wins first prize, which I thought was weird because Mrs. Bear didn't even like what she did. Um, Fiona McRae, number two. We didn't talk about Fiona McRae. And Claudia gets an honorable mention and they decide they will be sometimes friends. And that, yo, yes. How complete do you think Claudia's sculpture of Jackie actually is? Like, does he have eyes? Does he have a face? Right. That, those are good questions because yeah, we didn't really talk about this, but she was going to sculpt Jackie. She made all these lists. She ran out of time. Um, and then her teacher like entered it anyway as a work in progress. And she got an honorable mention so yeah, how far along was this bust? I'm not exactly sure. 
How long does it make take to make a sculpture? I don't know. If you're in seventh grade. I'm not sure. I mean, again, I don't want to be too hard on her because clearly she's not that old, but time management. She could have got all this done. She could have made it to her freaking babysitter's club meetings. Like, honestly, all she had to do was leave 15 minutes earlier from her little adventures with Ashley, and she could have covered everything. Yeah, and let me say, I have a lot of questions about this sculpture contest from the beginning because... Mrs. Bear introduces this in their sculpture class where she says there's this new museum, there's going to be this new show. Well, now that I'm talking about it, I'm worried I'm missing like a crucial detail. But she says all these things. Um, She's like, yeah, you guys should all enter. You're making sculptures anyway. It seems like no one except this class enters the contest um, because all of the winners come from this class and there aren't that many pieces anyway. And I also, Stony Brook was this great center of culture, you were telling me. <laughs> and also Mrs. Bear, she moves from like the first time they introduce it, Mrs. Bear's like, yeah, you know, you guys, no pressure, but I think you guys should all enter. And then the next time we're in the, the classroom with Mrs. Bear, she's like, okay, so what are you guys entering? I'm going to walk around and you're going to tell me what you're entering. Um, so it's weird. It's weird that it moves from like an optional thing to like, that's what we're doing in this class. I don't know. I don't know. Right. What are you doing on there? Uh, Charlie, what else happens in Claudia and the New Girl that I missed? What else did you want to talk about? So there's the total side plot where, oh my gosh, let me get the Dawn? Yes. Is babysitting. I think she, is she? The, no, she's not babysitting the Radowskis. The Perkins. <laughs> someone else and her little brother was acting up at school throwing erasers which in this crazy like rube goldberg type like phenomenon ends up in like a pot breaking and slashing this girl's leg which i mean he was just throwing an eraser i understand why he'd be held accountable but anyways why do they hold this kid after school like did that actually happen in public schools in the late 1980s where they're just like you can't go go home until you're released i feel like you would have just got sent to the principal's office yeah that's a good question um i don't know the answer to that obviously because i'm only one year older than you um but yeah because you probably got sent to the principal's office all the time no never i never racers charlie we did this uh this this was covered in the podcast with my mother that's actually releasing tomorrow did you ever get detention charlie Yeah, in middle school a few times, but I feel like for dumb stuff. Like Like for what? mm, Talking or just being an idiot. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I did both of those things every single day, but I I never once got detention. I have a perfect record. Were you a suck up? Maybe. Suck up implies I knew what I was doing. I was more of just like a person that didn't have any friends and enjoyed like listening to the teacher. Um, yeah, uh, no, I'm glad you brought this up because there are always like random throwaway chapters in the Babysitter's Club. Uh, Don is sitting for the Perkins. The Perkins are maybe like the best kids in the neighborhood is what I've learned from this book and from previous books. They're playing Beauty Parlor. Um, uh, that's Esmeralda, right? Your that's Esmeralda. Esmeralda yes, that's where my joke came from. See, that's why I brought up this whole scene because I knew I had to save myself after that. Horrible blunder. There's 
<laughs> yeah, everyone is going to make fun of you. There's Mrs. Xerox who needs a perm. Mrs. Refrigerator needs her eyes done. Um, and that's Gabby and M Myra, Miria. I never know how to say her name. Um, but Mrs. Perkins is just like the best adult. Not only is this like the best family to sit for in terms of the children, Mrs. Perkins is super understanding about everything. So Don has to like drag their asses down to the school because Jeff got in trouble. Um, and then like Don didn't leave a note, which I feel like is a rare misfire from a member of the Babysitter's Club. But Mrs. Perkins is cool with it. We're all yada, yada, yada. We're totally foreshadowing that Jeff is going to go back to California to live with his dad. Okay. Yeah. Makes that's, a lot of sense. That's going to happen later. Um, okay. What else? What else? I just really liked the Stacy stuff where Stacy's crying on the phone. She says, I don't feel like you're my friend anymore to Claudia. That really like hit home. I feel like for me, knowing the journey that Stacy has gone on. Um, let's see what else. They short sheeted her bed. Oh, I, hold on. Where did I write that? I loved at the end where Claudia has to admit to Jackie, like, oh, you're, you're not going to be in the show. I'm really sorry. I was late. And Jackie like thinks about it, but he's okay with it. And he says like, I love you, Claudia. And Claudia is, like just breaks down. And so did I, Charlie. That was so sweet where Jackie's like, I love you, Claudia. And I, I get why these young girls spend their entire lives babysitting. Um, if it's that rewarding, you know. Did you ever babysit, Charlie? I didn't ask you that at the beginning either. I think just younger siblings. I don't know if I was ever paid to babysit right. anyone else, which is probably for the best. <laughs> Did you babysit your younger sister? Yeah, like I feel like all the time. Yeah. Do you have any good stories about that that you can share? Sorry, man. Concussion. No. Concussion. You're really trying to dredge up a lot about my personal past huh? i'm just i'm i'm trying to this whole the babysitters club charlie you figured it out is a conceit where i just want to like talk to people on the my friends on the podcast and find out more about their lives it, the babysitters club is actually completely immaterial to what we're doing here brilliant trojan horse thank you thank another you another master class by jeremy himself yeah do you have any more insults you want to throw at me while we're here no i did like the scene at the very end where yes. Claudia, ass, ass. Actually, I don't really know how it plays out, but they all eat lunch together. Ashley sits down. Yeah. Um, they sort of get along. And they all listen Chris, to each other. Yeah, they all listen to each other. Even Christy and Ashley have like a good mutual laugh. And then I was like, you know what? This is a nice, happy ending, but I'm not sure if this seems totally realistic. But then Ann R.R. Martin ends it by saying you know what they didn't eat lunch together every day they're sometimes, sometimes friends yeah they're sometimes friends and i was like yeah that just made the story very believable yeah excellent way to end it i thought that was super realistic yeah yeah exactly well um we're not sometimes friends charlie we're always friends real realistic so there were examples where you got invited to eat lunch with other kids well, I was saying you and I, but no, I, I, no. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, uh, maybe that's why it was so beautiful. For <sighs> you. Right. Uh, so we're at the end. Now we come to a segment. This is a new segment on the podcast, Charlie. We call this themes, motifs, and symbols. 
what what do you want to talk about here in, in the themes, motifs, and symbols? I just want to understand what a motif truly is because the themes always made sense when you read them on Spark Notes, and the symbols always made a lot of sense, and then the motifs always just felt like really random. And it was so yeah, a motif is any significant um I'm trying to think like how we put it when we talk about film. Any thing, it's basically anything that repeats that is significant so you can have like a sonic motif so like think about um uh star wars where darth vader has this theme right and whenever you see darth vader on screen there's like the imperial march i think it's called um that's like a sonic motif because then we we as the audience come to associate those kinds that like that music with like evil in the dark side so it's just any type of recurring element that's like yeah. such a broad. Yeah. Well, yeah, a motif is by definition a broad item. So what's the use of it? Because the, there are still things that are are useful in, in discussing like a certain work. Your concussion was a motif across this episode of the podcast. Because it came up multiple times and it had some like significant impact on what we were saying. All right, that makes sense. Thank you yeah. for clarifying. Yeah, your sisters, we could say, are a motif. Um, sculpting was a motif in this book. Get it? Yeah, that I could see that. Yeah. All right, I'll 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 bill you in the mail. Um, so the last thing I want to do before we get to the game, which I feel like you are aware of, um, let's talk a little bit about the the book itself. What do you think of the cover art here on Claudia and the New Girl? Mine has like a giant 75 cents sticker like plastered across the front. Holding up to the camera, I don't know if you can see that. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, what do you uh, what do you think of the cover art? Yeah, Ashley's dressed pretty weird. So, she kind of yeah, can you can you just explain, because this is an audio podcast, can you just explain for the listeners what's going on on the front of the book, Charlie? So you have Claudia off to the right in her weird getup. She looks like one of David Crush's child brides or something. She's just really strange. Like like what? What does she look like? One of David Crush's child brides. I don't know David Crusha. You know, Waco, Texas, that horrible thing happened. I, I know about Waco, Texas. I didn't know the name of the, the gentleman involved. Oh, okay. okay. Well, hopefully someone likes that reference. Someone will figure it's hard it. to think no one's going to like that yes, reference. Uh, I'm starting to think no one's going to like the podcast. Someone will figure it out. Uh, what else? What else is going on in the in the photo? The, the photo, the, the picture. Ashley's pulling on Claudia's arm. Claudia's seated on these steps. And on the other side, she's sort of sheltering Jackie Radowski in her arm. Yeah. And so... It's kind of weird. I felt like it was misleading when I first looked at the picture before starting to the starting to read the book. Okay. Because the look on Claudia's face, it's like pure disgust as she peers at, at Ashley. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this Ashley girl's up to something weird. Claudia does not like her. And then that's not really the case at all. But Jackie has very red hair. It's very intense, sort of dominates the whole entire picture it's a little bit on the nose right where like the book is about claudia being 
figuratively torn between Ashley and the Babysitter's Club. And the cover is her like literally with Ashley grabbing one arm and Jackie in the other arm, like literally being torn between these two things. So is that is that a Sparknotes symbol? Or yeah, no? we'll, we'll put that in themes motifs in this symbol. Is it a symbol or is it a motif? Tell me. No, you're gonna have to figure that out on your own. Um, I sent you your book. My book has on the front cover, someone named Abby wrote her name. It says Abby, A-B-B-I-E. And then it says number seven, Mr. Humes. And then there's a phone number, which I'm not gonna read aloud on the podcast. <laughs> Do you have any such uh, uh, noted notations across your book? There's just a library sticker, so yeah, I'm led to believe you stole this copy from your local library. No, no. I ordered that for you, Charlie. Sure. <laughs> Did you at all take a look at the preview for the next episode of the Babysitter's Club book? I keep calling them episodes. The next installment of the Babysitter's Club series at the end of the book. I did not, but at the very end, there's like a two cents recap of every book before it. Yes. And it takes up like two pages. So I read through that. And okay. that was really helpful. Did you, do you have any highlights from any of those recaps that you want to share? Not really. It just no. set me up to make that really relevant comment about Janine and her impact on Claudia's self-worth. I was wondering how you knew about Janine. Yeah, so yeah. That, was, that was really clutch that they... Are you going to listen to the episode I uh, did with my mom that releases uh, in like five hours? I could send you an advanced copy. I have it in if you want it. Oh, I'll listen to it, but I think I can wait until... <laughs> you can wait like five all, hours. Like all the other common people. <laughs> all the plebs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just like, I, I think it's really funny that the next book is about Stacy moving away. When this whole book is about Claudia, like sacrificing her passion for her friends, like especially Stacy. And then the next book is like, well, I'm leaving. <laughs> and then like Claudia's sobbing in the preview. That's, that's life, man. I told That's you. Life. Authentic yeah. characters, believable stories. And NR Martin sticks to it. Yeah. And I loved the preview in the back of the book for Babysitters on Board. Did you did you take a look at that? I'm not sure I have that in my copy. No, yes, you do. Yes, you do. What are you looking at? It's right after it's like uh like two or three pages from the end. It's like it says, Don't miss the exciting babysitters club special edition. Babysitters on board, all in caps. It's two pages from the end of the book. Okay, never mind. I don't think so. I got some babysitters, little sister. We have the same version of the books. Okay, never mind, never mind. All right, well, that was Claudia and the New Girl. Um, I Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I, I apologize if I dug too much into the psychology and the interiority but I just I really this was probably my favorite uh installment of the babysitters club since boy crazy Stacy no I, I appreciate your insights and you really understand people and you helped me see this book 
in a new light. So <laughs> no, and I appreciate you joining me. Are uh, Charlie, are you interested in an episode, uh, an installment of the Babysitters Club, where? 13-year-old Stacy goes to the Jersey Shore and tries to seduce an 18-year-old lifeguard. Is that an earlier book? Yes. Boy Crazy Okay, I think Stacey. I read that, the little yes, synopsis. The summary. Are you interested in listening to the podcast about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to have that coming out, I think, in two weeks from now. But it'll be up. It'll be long out by the time that we do this. Okay. Did you have well, a lot of personal anecdotes to relate to that? Story two. I'm not sure what you mean, Charlie. Okay. Well, I'll just wait to listen to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, my cat is looking at the door. I'm not sure if I have to hold him out. Okay. Are you ready for the game? Do you have time for the game? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. So you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast. You know what we're about to do. You ask questions. Yes. Yeah, so this is from the Sassy Experience game. One of the things I do want to correct myself on, I've been saying this whole time, the Sassy Experience game is from the late 80s. Um, it's actually from 1991, the Sassy Experience game. So I, I need to issue a correction there. But essentially, this is sort of like a sleepover game where I've got, I've got card number 12, because we just listened to book, we just talked about book number 12. And we're just going to go over some of these questions and activities um, and chat about them. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's do okay. it. So the first two questions, as you know, being an experienced podcast listener, they have correct answers, but they're multiple choice. Okay. So I'm going to quiz you. And then the rest of the questions are just sort of general. You can answer however you want. Okay. Uh, question one features. Here we go. <clears throat> Let me get ready here. Charlie. Sorry. My cat is uh availing himself of the litter box next to me. So that's the scratching sound you might hear. Question one, breakaway roping, okay? Breakaway roping is A, a rodeo term for lassoing a calf, B, an inner city jump rope game, or C, a form of torture. What is breakaway roping? It's a tough one. Gonna have to rule out C. It just sounds wrong. Not a form of torture. Okay. I like that Are you're you talking sure about this game was for like yes. elementary school or middle schoolers. This, I, I just want you to imagine yourself as like a 15 year old girl in 1991. You go to a sleepover, uh, the lights are out, everyone's like giggling. And then this is the question you get asked. Breakaway roping. <laughs> is it a form of torture? I'm not sure. Uh, but that's the question that is posed to you right now. I'm going to go with B, but... You're going to lock in an inner city jump rope game. Sure. Yeah, that is incorrect. It is, yeah, it? It is of course, a rodeo term for lassoing a calf. Oh, boy. I tried, man. We're not off to a good start. We ruled out C. We should we should at least note that. We're not off to a good start here, Charlie. Okay. Quiz. The second question. Here we go. Studies show that people who eat breakfast every day are <laughs> maybe eggs benedict, maybe poached eggs. I'm not sure. Studies show that people who eat breakfast every day are A, thinner than those who don't, B, heavier than those who don't. Or C, about the same in weight. 
I'm going to go with C, about the same. You think it's about the same? You want to lock that in? I'll lock it in. No, that is incorrect. Uh, studies show they are thinner than those who don't eat breakfast every day. Yeah. I'm just not tapping into that 15-year-old girl in 1991. Over two. I believe my Apparently. father also went over two. And uh, Margaret, you've met Margaret. Margaret also went over two. So you're in a you're in I mean good company is what you're saying. You're in an exclusive club. Okay. So those are the only ones that have right answers. Let's move on. All right. People in your life, Charlie. Charlie, what usually happens when your relatives get together with your family? Is it A, we have a good time? B, some of them always argue, or C, we eat too much. I'll go see you too much because all my relatives, they all like think the same and kind of have the same opinions about everything. So there's never any interesting or like spicy discussion for yeah. better or for worse. I don't know. It was just Thanksgiving last week. Yeah. I was going to ask, what did you guys eat for Thanksgiving? What did you eat too much of? Uh, well, we ate too much turkey and my dog had to go to the vet because we gave her too much turkey. Oh, so. no. It was, was a real your, tragedy. Was your I've met your dog, and she is it a she or he? I don't remember. She, she is super sweet. Was she okay? She's okay now, but just know too much turkey. Too much turkey. Oh my gosh! Okay. I hope you didn't give that to your cat. No, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were away from my cat. Actually, it was very sad. Yeah, Charlie, what's going on here in the video? Charlie's wrapping his head in his uh, I was kind of like a space cadet kid like Claudia, staring off into the wall and cloth. And whenever I'm in the same chair for like an hour or two or so, yeah, get a little fidgety. That's fine. That's fine. Charlie, you once told me like a really funny story about uh, you and your sisters when you went to a wedding uh and there was there was alcohol involved do you do you want to tell that or should i just move on i feel like there's there's like multiple potential stories and i don't know which one you're I just, referring the one, to so the I'm one the one that i remember is that everyone drank too much and then you had to like go to the airport and like you hadn't even slept at all am i making that up or did that happen that did happen yeah but the most recent cousin wedding I went to, yeah, had one sister just completely pour like a glass of wine down, down my shirt. And then within like three seconds, the other sister like smashed a plastic wine bottle into my face. And so that will give you an idea of what it's typically like. Wasn't that one there, I was the victim, but. Wasn't there one where like your parents like came in and yelled at you? I You told me like a really funny story about like. I don't remember, man. Okay, concussions. I forgot. Concussions. I forgot. Yeah, no, and I, I'm, I'm probably teetering on the edge of Lily coming on the podcast. So yeah, you she... can ask her about it. She'll yeah. probably throw me under the bus. Well, I need to be careful because I want, I want her to be here, but I feel like if I just say too many general things, she won't come. I feel like if it's, a, if she'll... it's either a, a direct attack on her or doesn't involve her at all, that's what we need. She'll listen to all your other podcast episodes. She'll be the least interested in this one, so it'll be all good. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. We'll have at least one listener. Okay, uh, we're halfway home. We're halfway home. So this next so question- I've got no questions right. Well, well, I mean, technically you got the last one right. Yes. Yeah. So this is called help, where I'm going to give you a question 
that someone wrote in to Sassy Magazine. I'm going to ask you for advice with this question, and we're going to see how closely you match what Sassy Magazine said, okay? So yeah, nodding is great on a podcast, yes. Um, so think of it like Dear Abby. Dear Charlie, I'm 16, and I smoke one to three cigarettes a day. That's not enough to hurt my performance in track, is it? While you think about this, I have to let the cat out. It's just a yes or no question. No, you have to give advice. This this young person wrote in there, 16. They smoke one to three cigarettes a day. Is that enough to hurt their performance in track? Talk for a second while I let the cat out. Fill air time. Yeah, but I thought you said it's not my own advice. It's what the editors of Sassy Magazine would have put in. So you said this is early 90s. I mean, is this still like freaking, should I get in like, Nancy Reagan mode or should I? Well, you should give you should give the advice that you think is correct, but then we will compare it to what Sassy magazine said in 1991. I actually remember reading a kid's book, probably the same level when I was in elementary school or like early middle school. It's okay. probably like it was probably pitched to Scholastic as I actually don't know who published it, as like a guy's counterpart to the babysitter's club i forget what it's called but it's all just like sports themed sweet valley high no it wasn't that it's i don't think it was that popular i don't know i ended up reading but basically i distinctly remember one of the books was about two kids same age as these babysitters or so and one of them starts smoking cigarettes and the other kid is his next door neighbor and basically the kid who's smoking cigarettes ends up burning the other kid's house down so these were like the lessons that were yeah, making an impression on me at that time. So this and is you, maybe a little bit later after Sassy Magazine, but I feel like it was full on like, you smoke one cigarette, your entire life is down the drain. Everything is over. Something terrible is going to happen. And so I think Sassy Magazine said, you better stop right now if you want to amount to anything in your life. And if you don't care, then be my guest. Keep smoking those cigarettes and you're not going to achieve anything. You're going to be a loser. You're going to be an idiot, but it's your choice. So make. So Sassy Magazine is very um, evangelistic about the healthy lifestyle. Before I give you the answer, Charlie, we uh, lived for a couple of years with the great uh, Brad, right? Uh, Who was in your program. He was a big smoker. I think he quit. Um, but you, you were never really a smoker, right? Ever? You never, did you ever experiment with cigarettes or no, not really? No, dude. I knew I was going to burn my neighbor's house down if I ever smoked a cigarette. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? Yeah, but probably not more than a couple in my lifetime. Cause I'm lame. And I suck. Well, no, you're a, you're a, a sharp, healthy young man. Okay. So yeah, you say a cigarette will burn your house down. Here's what Sassy Magazine said. Even a little smoking, yeah, you really forgot about the part where they were asking specifically about uh, their performance and track. So you, you neglected the prompt a little bit. Even a little smoking reduces your lungs ability to process oxygen and that will slow you up. Plus smoking can become addictive and very bad for your health. 
Same yeah. answer. I just I, used a little stronger language. No, you nailed it. It's all variations on don't smoke. Okay, two more. You hanging in there? How are you doing? I mean, I feel like I'm really salvaging this because I missed the first two, but I've been doing great ever since. Yeah, so stuff you do is always like kind of a weird like improv prompt. And I'm very excited to read you yours right now. I think you're really going to enjoy it, okay? Terrible. <laughs> I'm like laughing even reading it. Let me just, let me like get it out. Pretend you're George Bush. <laughs> I guess you can be W or HW. I guess you can choose which George Bush you want to be. Pick another player. You choose me, obviously. To be a current world leader, what world leader would you like me to be if you're George Bush? Saddam Hussein. I will be, oh my God, I will be Saddam Hussein. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For the next two minutes, oh my God, we might not make it to two minutes. Convincingly discuss a problem you have with that leader, okay? You ready? Yeah, I'm Saddam Hussein, and you're—I guess George you're H. Bush. You're H. W. Bush. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm George W. Bush. Oh, you're 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 W. Bush. Okay, and yeah. I'm Saddam Hussein. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, two minutes. I'll put it on the clock. Not really. Uh, discuss convincingly a problem that you have with me. Again, this is a game for young girls at a sleepover. I just want to remind you about that. I'm ready. I'm not going to do an accent because that would be offensive. I'm, I, then I don't have to do an accent. No, either. you do have to do a, a George Bush impression. Do I do George W. Bush actually, or do I do Dave Chappelle, George W. Bush? Whatever you want, but I'm I not. I don't want to do freaking accent. Okay, I'm just gonna speak from the heart. As I think I'm, if you if you have a world leader that is like Western and white, I think you should have to do the accent. that's a total double standard okay well that's the world all right go ahead no accents you're george w bush i'm saddam hussein here we go it just really hurts me that you tried to do that to my father and i love him so much and he means the world to me and i just don't understand why you wanted to take him away from me and have him killed what are you talking about Basically, Saddam Hussein was behind HW trying to get assassinated. Oh, I'm you broke character, but uh, I'm still being in character. What what are you talking about? I thought you legitimately didn't know, which you probably don't know. But that was a brilliant ploy to get me to reveal the premise here and mask all your listeners from knowing the real truth. And it's that you don't know recent American history, man. But I was going to say, yeah, that was just not cool. Why did you want to do that? There's no evidence of that. Yeah, there is. Everyone knows it. Even everyone in Iraq knows it. And yet, you're just going to act like that? You're going to make force me to do something crazy, like make up all this stuff about you freaking creating weapons of mass destruction and stuff, and then I'll have to... Hey, let's move on. Uh, the next category... <laughs> It happened to me. Okay, this is the last one, all right? And then you can get out of here. Charlie, tell about the time you purchased your first grown-up article of clothing. What was it? Where did you buy it? 
And how old were you? It's probably like a stupid like skater sweatshirt or skater shoes from Zoomies or Paxson. What the hell is Zoomies? It was like a skate shop that is not. It's kind of I don't know. It's it's not quite as embarrassing as Hot Topic, but in a sense, it's sort of like the Hot Topic of skate shops that every yeah. freaking middle schooler in the early two thousand shopped at. Was this at Sunrise or Arden Fair? Probably Sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, that. you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I've been to both malls multiple times. Did you hear about that shooting that just happened like a couple of weeks ago there? I was at, I thought it was at Arden Fair. It was at Arden Fair. Yeah, that's wild. That's what this has devolved into, us discussing mall shootings we're, in the greater Sacramento, California. We're area. two hours in. The people that just want to listen to the Babysitter's Club have turned this off a long time ago. They don't They don't listen to the, the game anyway. Yeah. Fair enough. It's like the fourth hour of the, like, uh, the early show. Where were you? Were you? Wait, so were you too dignified to shop at such an establishment? Well, I just, I, I lived in Placerville, which is like, you know, 40 minutes up the hill. If I'm not going to have my parents drive me down there, there's no way I'm going to even be able to go there. And then even when I get there, I'm not going to know what I'm looking for. Um, So no, I, yeah, we went to like Sears and Macy's and I bought like pants and shirts and that was it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what my first like quote unquote grown up clothing would be that I like bought on my own I'm not even really sure it was probably like into college that I like went somewhere nice and like picked out my own clothes you know you dress nice in college <laughs> no <happened> in grad <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> all right all right okay uh Charlie this was fun uh, I'm at the end I don't have any well, we can go back to themes motifs and symbols if you'd like but beyond okay. that, I, I sort of understand what a motif is now. So I, I learned something today. Was, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it was so great talking to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. Same it was a great honor. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have going on this week? Anything exciting? Wow, I have to stay up for the next four hours to wait for. Your Did you have a concussion? Week. With your mom to drop. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you. Okay, I thought you were going in a different direction with what you just said, but then I realized. But that that is that is true. My life's like uh, freaking Dory from Finding Nemo now. <laughs> Everything's new and exciting. Yeah, every day is fresh experience. You're gonna love this podcast when it comes out in two months. Yeah, I won't <laughs> recall it. <laughs> bit by that time yeah if i'm lucky i won't either uh charlie do you have anything you want to plug any social media accounts any place that the folks listening at home can find you if they're interested in learning more about you no i don't really have personal social media accounts that i post to but i mean have you got your twitter thing going yet twitter's up uh well that's gonna be my next thing is my own plugs but I wanted to know if you had any plugs first before I got into my See, stuff. I'm just such a stand-up guy that I was devoting my Yes, your time you yielded your time. time to plug things to yeah. lift you up cuz Yeah. I want you to be successful. Well, uh, anything you I can do to contribute. 
you shouldn't have let me start a babysitter's club podcast. Um, so you don't have anything you want to plug. Is that right? Mm, not really. I have lots of side projects in the works. That's a lie. That's not true. Side but, projects. Yeah. I wouldn't want to discuss anything. What's Lily's social media? Do you want to plug that so I can get her some followers before we uh, get her on the podcast? No, she's an elementary school teacher, so I don't think she can post irresponsible things. Well, why does it have to be irresponsible? This this podcast is irresponsible? I mean, we poked fun at the assassination attempt of George H.W. Bush, which was in poor taste. We're irreverent, but I don't think we said anything that was, um, like, shocking or cynical or that would be more than a PG-13 rating. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you know I'll just say if any of the other Babysitter's Club podcasts out there yeah. need you know anyone to contribute okay yeah you do this on your own time no you do this on your own time i mean this maybe was not the greatest debut so we yeah potential here wait by the phone uh we can always be reached at the babysitters book club at gmail.com did you know that charlie the babysitters book club at gmail.com is where you can email us anything that you want you should let me curate your fan mail yeah, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna have a very easy job. Um, we always appreciate the ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And you can always follow us, Charlie. Did you know about this? We are at Babysitters BC, as in book club. We are at Babysitters BC on Twitter and Instagram. Are you are you on Twitter, Charlie, or are you and you're playing coy, or you're not even on Twitter? I don't even have Twitter. I'm one of the, I'm like full boomer status where I Google Twitter and then the hashtag I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing bad on Twitter, but I found a lot of people are not on Twitter anymore. And Instagram, you got to do it from your phone is what I've learned. And that's a real barrier to entry for me. Cause I, all, all the files that I have for this podcast are on my computer. So it's really hard to post anything. I'd have to like move it over to my phone and I just, I haven't gotten around to it. Now you're boomerang even harder than I am. At Babysitters BC. Uh, uh, Charlie, what are you doing this weekend? Did I already ask you that? I did. And you said you were staying up. I already asked you that question. Uh, When's the wedding, Charlie? You're engaged to the great Vanessa. Oh, is she going to listen to this podcast? She probably will. We didn't mention her once. Now I feel really bad. Yeah, I'm just glad that I inspired you. And once you saw that someone as pathetic and useless as me could successfully propose to another individual that gave you the confidence to do yourself so you're welcome (laughs) yeah we still haven't used that gift card you got you gave us because pandemic happened like two weeks later so i still have the gift card like sitting under my desk that you gave us as a thank you for taking those photos which was so nice of you guys by the way we really you know you can order takeout. I, they do do takeout, so I'm sort of saving it. But we then we just got busy with holidays, and Jillian didn't know takeout was safe, and blah, 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 blah. So we do still have it. It's all right. You'll get to it when you get to it. We did our own um, engagement photo shoot a couple weeks ago, so I'm going to be sending you a card in the mail, actually. 
I'm going to need your address there in Fair Oaks. You have to text that to me. You just want to, you just say it over the show since I've talked about No, because we're not editing anything. So if you say your name, if you say my siblings, if you say your address on the air, you're responsible for what happens because I'm not. I really wish I knew your address right now. (laughs) I'm glad that you don't. Um, I feel like I had another question. Oh, when's the wedding with you and Vanessa? August 2021, but COVID, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. All right. Well, I've kept you long enough, Charlie, and I really appreciate you um, discussing this with me. I thought this was a lot of fun. It was great to hear what you thought. um, And I hope it wasn't too horrible for you (laughs) to read this book and talk about it. It was a lot of fun, man. And I was lying when on the fourth prompting, I said I didn't like the book. I yeah. just figured I wasn't giving you the answer you liked, so I just started trying different responses. It's a good strategy. The answer that I like is the is the true answer. Yeah, that's not true. Come do, on. Do you really not have any other insults on the post-its? Because I was very un- underwhelmed by the other the roasts that you gave me already. There's nothing else. There's nothing harder you can hit me with. No, dude, because I want to lift you up, and I want this podcasting endeavor to be successful. Yeah. And- go as far as you can take it. So why would I just be hitting you with petty insults on your own podcast when you've been kind enough to have me on here? I'm not sure. That's You make a great point. I can't say anything about that. But you'd definitely be a Mussolini if I had to. Well, no, you said I was a Saddam Hussein, which is maybe worse. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Thank you again, uh, Mr. Charlie Diamond. Thank you so much to our listeners. Please take care and we will see you again next week. Goodbye, everybody.